For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep, with your host, Joel O'Connor. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've been a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday edition of Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep Country Israel. Here with Joel Elkanen and Dennis Dick on today's show, we have compiled a good, pretty good list of 10 stocks that are reacting uh, in one way or another to the coronavirus uh, spread in China. These are these are healthcare biotech names that have announced something related to uh, trying to help the spread of the virus. So we, we're going to run through those names, stocks uh, trading vol, uh, with volatility as a result of this virus spread. We also have a lot of earnings on our radar. It's really going to be a China and earnings show today. Uh, we also have some news from Square we'll discuss and our guest it is Thursday, so as we do every other Thursday, we will be joined by Mark Shaken at 8.15. He's from Shaken Analytics. Uh, Joel, what's the word here overnight? Uh, trading lower by three and a quarter handles. Pre-market high, 31.21 and a quarter. Pre-market low, 33.12. Crude getting to beats down a buck 05 at 55.69. Gold in the red as well at a buck nine, down a buck 90 at 15.54.80. Silver moving away from 18 bucks down 15.3 cents to 17.67 and a half. And Bitcoin ran into some problems here at 9,000. The futures, wow, 8,258 contracts have traded already, and it's down $295 at 8,385. Uh, good morning, Dennis. How are you? Good. What's going on? Not much. A little red on the screen here. It's just probably just a matter of minutes before. before. We... Well, we already tried to go green here. So we've already actually just about 30 minutes ago or 40 minutes ago, did the futures not go positive? They did. They did win positive. Is that not incredible that China can be down 1.5% overnight and S&P futures just say, we don't care. Not, nothing to do with us. It's, and basic, that's basically what the market was, S&Ps are saying, when they're going to trade higher on this. It's absolutely incredible how resilient the S&Ps are. I mean, we're seeing, you know, resilience, obviously not so much over in the Chinese markets here. And obviously if you, you know, just waking up here, the catalyst overnight is there's more illnesses here. Spencer, can you give us the details of what's happened in China overnight? Yeah. So we actually didn't even talk about this yesterday, which I thought we, we should have. But uh, today, as of this morning, we have uh, nearly 600 people have been uh, infected with the coronavirus, 17 deaths related to the illness. Uh, yesterday, China, or I guess technically today, uh, China announced they were halting travel to Wuhan, the city where the virus was first um, discovered or first appeared. And they're also canceling uh, some New Year's holiday celebrations leading up to uh, the, the holiday this weekend. So uh, not great stuff happening over there. And in, in light of all this, we've had a number of companies come out 
and, and healthcare companies, biotech companies, uh, drug companies, and and make and and release PRs and and throw their throw their hats in the ring as companies working to to try and stop the spread of this virus. And so we have a list that we can we can go through. Yeah, and Spencer has uh, compiled a pretty good list of the drug companies and obviously the companies that are working, you know, or that have possible uh, right. help with this disease. Uh, give us that list. Break it down here. Um, there's, what did you say, 13 stocks you have? Uh, I've got 10 on my list. Give us your list of 10. Yeah. And, you know, oh. I've got my pencil ready. And obviously, right. we know the obvious one was LAKE, which sold off significantly, but is bouncing a little bit here this morning. Right. So and give, I, us, I, give I, us the list. Right. I should say, this isn't, this isn't my list per se. This is a list of the Benzinga News Desk. Benzinga News Team is compiled. So this is the Benzinga yep. News Desk list. Uh, so let's go, uh, let's start with Alpha Pro Tech, ticker is APT. Uh, that's that's the first one here, and so again, these are all companies that have uh, either announced something or uh, are, are moving in relation to to the the spread of this virus. So APT, Alpha Protec, uh, Lakeland, we discussed L A K E, we discussed that on Tuesday. Uh, Code Diagnostics, C O D X, uh, V I R, Verb Biotech, uh, BioChrist, B C R X. I'll put these in the chat also. Uh, Inovio, I-N-O, Novavax, N-V-A-X, Nano uh, Vericides, N-N-V-C, Nancy, Nancy, Victor, Charlie, Cleveland Biolabs, C-B-L-I, and uh, Atheon Medical, A-E-M-D. So again, I'll I'll drop these in the chat. But uh, these are all companies that that relate in some way. To the, to the spread of this virus and whether it's a, a drug or uh, a mask or something related yeah. to, uh, to, to the spread of coronavirus. And remember, um, there's obviously stocks that these are, you know, the plays that we're looking at that could potentially go up yeah. on in this news. There is, you know, obviously anything in China is going down on it, but you've got to think again. Think about your travel stocks. Think about the casinos. Think about all of those plays um, that are significantly down. Win Resorts is down six points again. So the easier money has just been shorting um, those names on these on this news. I mean, Win has now lost almost twenty points in three trading sessions from this stuff. You know, at a certain point, you wonder if it's overdone. But I mean, right now, the trade is still, the risk is coming out of these names. Las Vegas, same thing today, down another two points. But you can go into Carnival Cruise Lines. It's getting hit. I mean, travel stocks, you think about the airlines, the airlines, and obviously we've had some airline earnings too. But I think, you know, the UAL earnings get faded very quickly because, hey, you know, there's new stuff happening here. So yeah, maybe your earnings were okay, but we're not worried about your earnings, you know, from last quarter. We're worried about the earnings going forward here. So your airline stocks are getting hit. Anything really to do with travel overseas is getting hit substantially. And if you look, MGM's not hit as hard as WYN and, and Las Vegas Sands because they don't have as much exposure over Macau. But that still being said, MGM is getting hit here as well. You know, think about it. If you're, you know, all ill or you're worried about an illness, the last thing you want to go do is put your fingers on some slot machines that probably never get clean so i think the casinos are like ground zero for this and you're seeing it in the stock prices so when resorts i did short that overnight i've already covered it so i can freely talk about it i covered it before i got on the show but um it was you know this and it was announced last night after seven o'clock 
that there was a substantial amount of more illnesses and like, well, this isn't going to be good for China. China started getting hit. That's not going to be good for the casino. So I was able to take almost four points off of a win trade, just overnight scalp. So, I mean, there's money to be made on the short side here too. Again, those other stocks you're talking about, they're all temporary. I don't think this is like a whole, I, I don't think this is going to be something that's going to last, you know, six months to a year. And these are going to be, I think this is a short term repricing of these stocks for this risk. Obviously, if they get the disease figured out and starts to slow, the spread of it starts to slow, then you're going to see a rebound in some of these names that we just mentioned and possibly a sell-off in some of these other stocks that you were mentioning. I just wanted to talk real quickly. You were talking about the, the, the pre-market action, the after-hours action, why we're not down more. Uh, you know, one of the reasons could be that you don't have as much liquidity in the pre-market, correct? So if you got some huge sell orders sitting on your desk, some institutional sell orders, if you start banging them out here, picking people off in the pre-market, you're not going to have the kind of edge, you know, that you are in the regular session. So, you know, just because we're not down now doesn't mean that there's not a stack of institutional sell orders out there. And they're just waiting for more liquidity to come in because, you know, when you get those big down 20, 30, 40 handle opens, you know, a lot of times, boom, you get that opening washout print and then you rally. So maybe, you know, maybe some of these players are just, you know, playing a little bit more coy and wait until the real liquidity comes in at, uh, at 930. I think it's just selective selling. I think you're seeing, obviously, a lot of stocks trade higher here today. Like I'm looking at my filter, and there are a lot of U.S. stocks that are trading substantially higher. Some of them are on news. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even looking at the Europe, I mean, this is very, very selective. You have a lot of stocks over in Europe that are higher here this morning, too. This is selective to China and selective to stocks that have exposure overseas. Um, and in China specifically. I think that is where I'm really seeing the selling pressure. You've seen the S&Ps trade down on this slightly, but I think we haven't seen you know, a, subs- a significant amount of selling coming in because there's not that much worries about it in the US markets here yet. So I don't know if it's going to come over here and spread. We hope it doesn't, but the market is saying that it's not a threat, at least not yet, at least in the US. All right. Uh, just we not going to go over all the charts on these. I just, I'm looking at this lake, L-A-K-E. Uh, you have a support level to lean on here. Uh, if you're looking to pick this up, 12 bucks. I would say the party is still going um, in L-A-K-E until you take out those pair of lows at 12.01 and 12.15. Good uh, level. You close right down there. So that's a good level. Uh, not really an inside day yesterday, but you can tell people got caught on the upside. So 13.97, good target on the upside if you're long L-A-K-E. Jump over. Uh, so that's your China trade here this morning. If you just want to look at the FXI, maybe we'll do some quick technicals because that is ground zero. FXI down substantially here now. It's pretty incredible if you think about, you know, we've been rallying for two months here really on the FXI and we're giving back almost two thirds of the rally here now, at least over half of it, over half of the rally now in three trading sessions. So, I mean, if you were underexposed in China, maybe this is an opportunity. Maybe you want to wait until we go all the way back down to the support of 41. You have great support down in FXI 41. I have some exposure to China in my long-term portfolio. If it gets down to the 41 area, I will probably add exposure in the long-term portfolio to China because I still think that this is going to be a temporary thing. And I think if you're thinking long-term, not short-term trading, but if you're thinking long-term, I think the 41 area on the FXI probably be okay as a long-term investment. 
Yeah, they're, they're, that's your longer-term support. I see intermediate-term support coming in at 42.50. Someone, I mean, obviously, we're already reacting to the price action overnight. Uh, 42.65, uh, that stands that had right at uh, 4.15. Uh, but basically, that move from 40 to 45, you come halfway back here at 42.50, and that's kind of where we're settling in here. Uh, so before you, you know, you get down to that 40-41 area. Uh, see what happens at 42 and a half. Let's go to the chip story here this morning. And it's a good story. I mean, if you're talking Texas Instruments, it's not it. But every other chip stock seems to be trading higher. Really, the chip started taking off last night after we got Teradyne's report. TER ripped into the report, and then they kept ripping it here afterwards. Um, it's up another 9% here, TER. This, you know, you want to talk about tech stocks that have come back. I mean, in the last four years, this has come from $15 to now 80. This has been an incredible, incredible move for TER. Uh, this started lifting all the chips. When when the chips were down slightly because of Texas Instruments, and we can you know couple that one into two, and Texas Instruments is still trading lower, but as soon as TER came out around five o'clock, all the chip stocks started catching a bit. And then you have also analysts uh, coming in and chiming in this morning, and they are upgrading Micron. They're also upgrading Western Digital. That's coming from Morgan Stanley. So you're seeing a lot of movement in the chips here this morning. All right, I'll give you the Teradyne numbers from yesterday sure. at the close. And it was a good report across the board. The EPS beat 88 cents versus 79 cents. The sales beat 654 versus 611 million. The Q1 sales and EPS guidance were both above estimates. And they announced they are raising the dividend by a penny, 9 cents to 10 cents per share, and a $1 billion buyback to go with that. All good news. And TR was trading up even higher than this. I think it's pulling back probably because of the overall market slightly here. But big move up here. Got up to, I think, $82 I saw, Joel. Joel. Uh, let's take a look at the, this was an after hours report, 82.37. Boom. That's $2.30 away from your currently trading. Just cling into 80 bucks. Someone's got a bid here at 80. I'd say after that, look out. Uh, potential downside to clear out that big green bar from the report i think once you go back up towards this 82 uh 37 area i think you'll be finding sellers holding 80 important for teradyne this morning and then jump over to the other chip so we have two upgrades micron getting upgraded and western digital getting upgraded i am long still micron in the long-term portfolio uh no position on wdc are you out of wdc uh i'm out lisa's in Lisa's in. So yeah. Lisa's in. Did she rebuy some went down there on when it yeah. got down to like the 3540 area? Or no, was... I think it was a little, she got in a little bit sooner than that. Um, actually, sooner than 3540? That was the low. Uh, no. Oh, you mean like not, didn't get the bottom. She was in before right. it went down there. Right. Gotcha. Right, right. right. So uh, anyways, Western Digital has been coming back. You know, this, this one thing was after its earnings report from last quarter, that was a screaming buy. So, you know, I had the big, huge fall from $61 down to 51 kept leaking, got down as low in the lower December to $46.65, and then it's been ripping ever since. So, you know, the chips were still in favor. This was a stock that they, you know, took out of favor because of the earnings report, but it came back. It was the same story with Intel, really, when they reported two quarters ago. They hit the Intel down significantly, and that was a buying opportunity as well. The chips seem to still have wind in their sales. The Micron's been a long road for me. I've been in that thing from... $57 all the way down to 35. I traded it a little bit. 
bought some, sold some, and I've still got the core position. It's back here at 60, so I'm actually green in it, but obviously my timing on the initial purchase is terrible. The one thing I will say about Micron is you get back up here near 61, 62, and you have people who absolutely bought that top back in June of 2018, probably saying, okay, I'm going to get my money back. I'm going to sell it here. So I think you do run into resistance and another two points in MU. But we got an upgrade here this morning, moving it higher. Uh, the the uh, Western Digital hit 71.30, some decent volume trade on that. You've backed off, so I'll use that as an upside target if it does go into rally mode. We haven't been over $70 in this issue in quite some time. Uh, on the monthlies, where was this? Um, I exited, I mean, 80 is not in the play, but if you go back into your monthlies back in uh, – for the longest time in 2017, 2018, this thing kept on bouncing off 80, bouncing off 80, bouncing off 80 on a monthly chart. And then my exit was when it finally breached 80 and uh, it went down. So that's quite a ways away. Uh, that's your super major resistance. Uh, right now, a shorter term target is that pre-market high of 7130. All right, let's get our guest on today, Mark Chaikin. He is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, joins us every other Thursday to give us his thoughts on this market. Mark, good morning here. Good morning. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? I'm well. We want your thoughts. I guess let's start with what we're talking about right now. Let's start with this, uh, the chips here. We, we, did, we talked uh, a couple of them, although I did not give the, uh, the Taiwan Semi or Texas Instruments uh, earnings reports. I guess I'll give those quickly. Uh, Texas Instruments beat on its EPS, beat on its sales, uh, and the Q1 guidance was in line, and Taiwan Semi was this morning. Oh, no, it wasn't. Wait. I, I don't think Taiwan no, is due yet. That, 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 I, misread, I misread my... Uh, uh, Taiwan reported I, already. I don't know why I thought that. Sorry about that. Okay, so Texas Instruments was out yesterday. I don't know why I thought TSM was out. So, uh, Mark, thoughts on, on the chips here? Uh, power gate trading has been bullish on the XSD ETF. That's where my starting point is on these industry groups. And then I drill down, and there are so many of these stocks with bullish power gauge ratings. Um you hot, mentioned Tehardine, AMAT, Micron, Lam Research, I mean, uh, Corvo, on and on and on. This is a great group. Just I mean, I, I, group. I bought a bunch of these things when they were in the gutter, and I'm really kicking myself because I've sold almost all of them. I thought, you know, they like even when Western Digital, I picked that up right near the bottom. I got lucky on that at 35. It got up to 55 relatively quickly, like in a few months after I bought. And I was like, you know, why do you make 60% in two months? You book the profits. But now you look at the things at 70 and you think, why did I sell it at 55? Same thing with applied materials. I picked that up, I think, in the 30s. And it runs quickly up to the upper 40s. And you think, oh, it's a pretty good, you know, a little trade there. Now it's a 64. So I guess, you know, slap your hands. And, you know, the, the whole trouble is, you know, trying to hold on to these winners when you get up eight, nine points in a hurry. Sometimes it's really difficult. And it seems like every time you hit the sell button, it's a mistake. Well, I think it's a question of the more you know, the harder it is. I talk to my wife, Sandy, and I look at her uh her holdings and they're all at the top of the page and above the upper volatility bands. And she's holding on to them because she said, well, if I sell them, what, what am I going to replace them with? That's a good point. And so, uh, and not that she doesn't know a lot, but she hasn't, you know, she's only been trading stocks for five years using our methodology. Uh, she's just finding these winning stocks and, and holding on and not really losing sleep over it, which is interesting. 
it's one of the hardest things as a trader to hold on to the winners longer. And <laughs> I've struggled. I've always, and, and the, the people joke, the one, one friend, Alex on Twitter, they always jokes. I have a FIFO problem where I'm first in, I, I get in really well, but I'm also first out. I get out really poorly. Yeah. <laughs> I've been trading 20 years. And I mean, I've had this problem my whole 20 year trading career. All of getting us. out well, too quick. One of the um, ways that traders and investors can and view this market and maybe hang around a little longer is in a good way to view it as 1999. You know, there was a lot of chatter on CNBC the last two days from Paul Tudor Jones and Stan yeah. Druckenmiller comparing it to 29. But when you drill down on what Tudor said, he said, I'm afraid to get off the train. It's moving, too, it's moving so fast, I don't want to get off. So if you look at this as a market that's in, as we've said, blue sky territory two weeks ago, we said blue sky territory. Um, how do you stay in? Well, this is um, A, an ETF driven market, B, an earnings driven market, C, a Fed driven market, whether you call it um, QE or whether you view it as interest rate hikes are on hold. I think it's QE because all this repo uh, infusion is really quantitative easing under another guise. It's the perfect storm for the market. There's no overhead resistance for most stocks. Earnings are coming through just fine. In the case of the semis, a lot better than fine. Uh, look what happened to Capital One Financial yesterday. That's just a huge 5% move in a you know fairly stodgy bank credit card operation. This market is going higher. It, it just can't, seems like it can't be stopped. I mean, you look at China overnight here, and we were talking just before you got on the show, and I mean, China's down 1.7% here if you're looking at the FXI overnight. And at 7.30 this morning, the S&Ps actually went green. I mean, we've started selling off in the last 40 minutes, but it's unbelievably resilient. It used to be like, and if we look back you know, a few years ago, we seem to be so connected to the overseas markets. It's like overseas goes down, we go down. Overseas goes up, we go up. Now we just completely almost ignore it. I mean, they have, you know, a, a major issue over here in China and the S&Ps or S&P 500 just doesn't seem to care. Well, it's a serious thing, but go back to, I think it was 2014, uh, Southwest Air took a huge dip when one case of SARS uh, surfaced in Dallas, which was their home base, and it was one of the great buying opportunities. I think the stock went straight up for six months after that, sold down from about 33 to 29 or 28, and then it was just a barn burner. So you hope that these things are contained. You have to assume they're contained, because otherwise you'd you know, sell everything and put your money in a mattress, and that's not a smart thing to do. I wish that Wynn and LVS had bullish power gauge ratings. That's why I was I'd, just going to ask be buying you. Them. No, they, have new, they were bearish. They're now neutral because yeah. they're in such strong uptrends. Let's see if any of the cruise lines have bullish ratings. I know they did for a while, Carnival and Royal Caribbean. Let's take a look. Because those are the um, stocks that are ground zero over here that are getting hit. And I was like wondering if, you know, you were looking at buying the dip and some of these, uh, obviously, you know, these are short term. If we think this is a short term problem, maybe there is an opportunity in the winds or, you know, maybe the cruise lines are the better places. But when your power gauge is showing negative coming in, that doesn't make me that confident. No, the, uh, uh, Carnival has a bullish power gauge rating. So I would uh, buy the dip particularly. Where is it? 
uh, 49 this morning, so it's down another dollar. Yeah, anywhere between 48 and 49, I think it's a buy. Royal Caribbean had been bullish, it just turned neutral. Uh, but there's very strong shaken money flow there. So I wouldn't be afraid to buy Royal Caribbean, but either And it's those... going to be down uh, even more, it looks like. It's down a dollar, but it's offered down the 127 handle. Best bet is way down the 126 handle here. So we're looking down at least a couple more dollars in our CL this morning. I think Carnival Cruise Line is the one I would buy here. It's got um, the best chart pattern. Uh, the power gauge is still bullish. I think it's a, a really interesting opportunity in that stock. The other one, Norwegian Cruise Lines, NCLH. What's your power gauge show on that one? NCLH. Not one of the widely traded ones, but yeah. still, obviously, Cruise Line. Taking a look here. One stock I'm looking at while we're waiting for this to come up. Sure. We're, we're having the early morning jitters. No, bullish power gauge rating. I'd buy it at 56. Okay, and you might get a shot here today. And obviously, you know, these aren't recommendations. We just, you know, are giving our thoughts and our ideas. But 56 bucks is like it's just traded 56.45. So, and obviously, I only trade 200 shares here this morning, but it does look like it's going to be down with the worries of this. So, you know, you might get a shot at that level today. Yeah, we've got long term, uh, very long term support at 54.20. So, uh, these are good buying opportunities in Norwegian and Carnival. But one stock I'm watching, uh, which reports after the close, is Intuitive Surgical. Have you guys talked about that at all? Not yet, but that's been an unbelievable stock. Well, they pre-reported two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. The stock spiked up, and then it had a pretty sharp pullback, and then uh, yesterday it, it traded back up toward the highs. So it be interesting. You know, if, when this stock misses, it's Katie bar the door and 100 points down, but when it hits it tends to uh, follow through for uh, you know th two to three months. So it'll be interesting to see. They pre-reported sales up 20%. I think so. people are going to parse the earnings report to see what they're doing with extraordinary items. There's a couple of forensic accounting guys who have come down hard on the stock in the last uh, two weeks. So uh, let's see what the EPS looks like. But from a revenue point of view, up 20% year over year. That's a pretty big number. This was also given some love by Jim Cramer last night. So if you're wondering why it's trading up on a down day, actually Mad Money uh, was uh, pumping this one last night. Uh, Jim Cramer, ISRG, said he likes it. He's liked it for a while. So that's why it's trading up a couple of dollars. Um, what, yeah, what, let's... What, else? Uh, what else of the uh, companies after the bell that we're going to get? Intel, uh, Skyworks Solutions, E-Trade, uh, at Atlassian, any of those strike your fancy, Mark? Well, I like the Skyworks uh, because of the semiconductor um, mm -hmm. connection, and never hurts that your supplier. You know, Apple Intel. I, I, we've been seeing bullish power gauge readings on Intel. I just prefer the leverage plays in some of the, uh, you know, the smaller names like not so small anymore, Micron and and. Um, AMAT and Skyworks. I mean, Skyworks is just a barn burner. These, it's hard to look at these stocks and think that people are not wildly bullish on the market because there's so much money uh, to be made. Synactics is a stock that I made my bullish stock of the week uh, two weeks ago at 67, trading at 74.25. What's the symbol on that? S-Y-N-A. This is a really interesting stock. Touchscreen technology. Uh -huh. um, Apple is coming out with four or five OLED um, 
smartphones. It's rumored that Synaptics is going to supply the touchscreen technology. Not a given, but they have been a supplier to Apple in the past. It's institutional quality touchscreen technology. And uh, this is, is a really interesting stock. You obviously have to wait for a pullback, but again, that's how I was in the semiconductor ask. space, there are Doubled so many here. interesting stories. I mean, it, it's doubled here in the past few months, so you, you wouldn't just buy it here outright? Well, I don't like buying stocks at the upper band, you know, but um, pullbacks are few and far between. The stock has had you know, sort of sideways to down for four or five days. That's the maybe the best you get out of a stock like this. It reports on February 6th, so you've got a little bit of a window until the report. But uh, I don't think this stock is just about the earnings. It's about whether or not Apple ends up choosing them as the touchscreen provider uh, it's for these new OLED phones. All right, Mark, before I let you go, uh, there don't ask me what don't ask me what OLED is. Okay, I was not going to do that. I was, I, but I thought you were going to say, "Don't ask me about Tesla," which I was going to do. So, <laughs> do you have any any thoughts oh, on, on what to do with Tesla hey. here? Well, you can't short a stock making a new high like this one with momentum. I, I this is one of those stocks where over the years I've said, "Let someone else make the money in this one. I'll make it." And really, something tough. like a Synaptics that I understand yeah, with his earnings. Uh, hey. Clearly, the shorts have gotten swamped, and this is a tough stock to trade in both directions because on, on any given moment, um, a piece of news could come out that could destroy the stock on a one- or two-week basis. But Elon Musk has clearly won the news cycle. You know, with the announcement of a European plant, that basically knocks the pins out of the short case. That's a good uh, uh, strategy. Sometimes it's better to just sit, sit a ride out. Just sit this round out, and and you'll catch a later train, right? You, you'll catch. You, there will always be another. You have to swing at every pitch. That's there what will, I say. There will oh yeah. Be another pitch. There will always be another train coming. Yeah, be the Ted Williams of stock trading and just wait for your pitch. And I doubt that anybody on this call today knows who Ted Williams is. But oh come on. You underestimate our sports knowledge on this. Show. They used to say that uh, that he could actually see the impact of the ball on the bat. That his vision was that good. Yeah. That when when it was coming down the pipe, that he could actually see the imprint on it. But uh, yeah, we know who Ted. He he was no Hank Greenberg, but he was okay. <laughs> no, he was no Hank Greenberg. All right, uh, Mark. Before we let you go, any just final thoughts on any any other stocks on your radar this week or next week? Well, I'm looking at the uh, healthcare stocks that are going to start reporting, and uh, anything in technology is likely to catch a bid unless um, they just completely blow it. Uh, this is a, uh, I'm I'm looking at where the market runs into resistance um, or when, because there is no logical resistance on the market that's making new highs. But I'm I'm just looking at earnings plays ahead of the call because uh, you are seeing volatility increase in the options market ahead of these calls. So there's opportunities to trade ahead of stocks that have, you know, bullish fundamentals and analysts raising their estimates going in. So for instance, analysts are raising their estimates going in on intuitive surgical 
that's partially based on the pre-announcement of revenues uh, eight days ago. But um, the list would be so long, I couldn't even right. uh, talk about it in yeah. a call. Yeah. Uh, one stock I am buying, uh, uh, recommending is Baidu. I think, um, you know, taking a little bit of a hit here because of what's going on in China. It has a bullish power gauge rating. Um, I think it's a solid company. Uh, and that's a stock where I think I'm comfortable stepping in on weakness here. It hasn't really gotten blasted. This really got oversold when it got down under 100 bucks. It just it was, you know, just got too oversold. Yep. All right. Uh, Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics. He joins us every other Tuesday, but you're off. You're traveling next – or every other Thursday, but you're off traveling in a couple weeks. So we'll talk to you again next month, Mark. Yeah, and I'll be in Connecticut. So you'll get a different perspective. you get the, the New England conservative perspective. All right. Have a good one, Mark. Nice. Be good, guys. Say, Mark. All right. Uh, I want to talk about uh, ST uh, Micro. I know why I thought Taiwan Semi reported. Oh, it was STM that did, yeah. I typed it wrong in my sheet. It was not TSM. Dyslexia. I, I just typed it wrong. <laughs> STM did report. We yeah, should have caught that. STM did report uh, 43 cent EPS versus a 37 cent estimate. Uh, sales 2.75 versus $2.68 billion. So a beat and a beat for ST micro prices it's it's an ADR so it's already priced in it's not like this has been trading this is a two cent market they've priced this in overseas already so this is where it wants to be um, it was breaking out ahead of the report now it's up here over $30 the party continues in STM I mean these chip stocks just do not stop uh, 30 bucks on your monthly uh, 2990 was the high in 2004 January 2004 so Holds 30 bucks here. It's definitely major breakout to the upside. A much higher price stock back in the tech bubble. We had an all time high of a 73.87. So if you're looking for more of a retracement here, you got a long way to go. You bond about it. Five bucks in a financial crisis. So basically, you know, 40 point move. So 30 bucks, holding 30 bucks, as you said, it's already been priced in, but uh, breaking out over 30 major for STM. DC has been patient in the chat here. Let's uh, talk Clorox CLX. This has been on an incredible run here as well. And I got to tell you, um, these consumer staples and also not even the consumer staples, like this is obviously, but the utility stocks have just been ripping it here too. I mean, this is the rally that just does not stop. I mean, Southern is now $68. I mean, and obviously the XLU just ripping it here as well. The reason I talk about that with Clorox is because it's a defensive. It's more of a, a yield play, consumer staple. You're not looking for growth. You're looking for stability. Or you're looking for some yield. Um, Clorox has not had the type of, you know, a couple of years that Procter & Gamble has, where PG has went from $80 a year and a half to go to 126 Clorox is pretty much at the same place it was a year and a half ago. So is there the potential of the Clorox? This is a catch-up trade. I mean, if you're coming at it now, though, a week and a half goes with 152. I've never made a lot of money chasing a consumer staple. And if you're looking, you know, on the upside here, you do have the all-time high at 167.70. Uh, but for this one here, let's say you've been in Clorox for a while, 
pull up your monthlies and go to 144. I mean, you had one, two, three, four, five, six monthly lows going back to uh, early 2018 at 144. We're away, $15 away from that, but uh, that's major support here. Kind of almost a trading range. You know, you come back down under 140, uh, 144 and you bounced up several times. Yeah, 166 to 167. That's a good point. You're in the channel here. So the bottom yeah. of the channel is 144. The upper band of the channel is 166. So maybe if you're in it, that's maybe where you lighten up is if it gets up to that 165, 166 area. When are they due to report? Usually the consumer staples are at the end of the cycle, so it might not be for another month. Look in pro if we have a confirmed date. We do February fourth before the bell. Oh, it's not, it's not too far away. A week and a half. And obviously these earnings events are significant events. And we have seen Clorox move significantly on earnings reports before. We've seen Clorox have ten point falls before. Just got to be cautious if you are in that for a trade, um, and just a trade. I'd be cautious holding through the report. Uh, speaking of uh, the consumer uh, staples, we can go to Procter and Gamble. Since they reported oh, yeah. earnings this morning, uh, Q2 EPS a buck 42 versus a buck 37 estimate sales 18.24 billion versus 18.35 billion on the estimate. So an EPS beat and a sales miss for Procter and Gamble uh, last quarter. I don't see any uh, guidance that they. Gave. Not, not not a great report. Again, this is not a stock that moves substantially on reports though, and you also have all the underneath demand. So you think about 122, you have one, yeah. two, three lows in that area. It's two points away from there. If they really decide to whoosh it, I would think you're going to bounce in that 122 area. Pre-market low, 121.87, Dennis. That's where it got to. Where did it get to? 121.87. I mean, these low, and that's unbelievable. That's almost to the penny of the low of the tick, 121.86. So, you know, when you're trading these things after hours in pre-market, there was the, the perfect double bottom was 121.87. It hit a perfectly. So you've already bounced significantly off the level. So maybe you don't get another chance. But I mean, if you are trading these things on the earnings reports, look to those levels. Those levels come into play. And that one stands out like a sore thumb. I mean, here, you know, you're at the upper end and you come right down to where you were, you know, the year low, you test it and it bounced. So that's your level. That's the line in sand, that 122. A uh, little bit tougher picking up some upside here. Uh, you did get a nice bounce off that low. Uh, that took you to 125.35 and uh, kind of textbook technical yes, uh, based on yesterday's range. A little bit more to go. 125.83 is the bottom of yesterday's range. So that's what you would need on a gap fill. 126.31, uh, the close. But I don't know. It's going to need a good rally to get there considering you're already uh, two, oh, $3 off that, uh, that pre-market low, 121.87. Let's talk the payment stocks here for a second. Um, we got PayPal and we have Square both with uh, news and both individual news here. Start with PayPal. They announced a deal right after the bell. And that's why PYPL is getting a bid here in the pre-market. Yep. Uh, do you want to grab that, Spencer? I can it's grab a it. Partnership with Union Pay. Which will... and, and it started lifting on that headline immediately and got up near 118, I believe. So it's been just kind of trading in here in the 117 area, but PayPal's a stock that's come back a long ways from the lows too. I mean, this was a darling. It got hit in October and you're right back up near those highs, 121.48, the all-time high. So you are within striking distance of that now. 117.90 uh, was your, uh, your pop at 7 a.m. this morning. 
looking at the range from yesterday, 117.46 was your high. So right now, that use that 117.5, 118 area as a potential resistance area. Um, after that, opens up on the monthlies. Dennis mentioned that all-time high, 121.48. And, and then, then yeah. the square news was Jack Dorsey has uh, won a patent for a fiat to crypto payments network. So presumably that includes, that involves uh, converting fiat currency to Bitcoin and vice versa. And Square lifted when we got this news there last night. SQ did lift up and in the upper 69 handle. It has pulled back significantly from there. It's trading is still in the green here. Full disclosure, I'm still long Square on the long-term account. I'm also long it in the short-term account as well, um, just on that headline. I think it's a good headline, but um, I will be selling out of my short-term stuff. I, I day trade up all that stuff. That's just my day trading account, so... I'll limit my comments just because of that. Uh, okay, I'm just I'm gonna stick with the number I gave yesterday, uh, 68 bucks. Uh, that's just your major support. You can't really think about any downside in the issue until you breach 68. Uh, low yesterday was a bit above that, 869. You had 831, and then you go back 818, 8, 782, 789. Marcus telling you 68 uh, is support in that issue. Uh, on the upside here, was hoping to get a close, more than one close of above 70. Uh, uh, you had a double top. Keep an eye on 71 if you get up there, folks. Uh, don't, not sure if there's anything uh, in the New York book to uh, validate that there's a seller at 71, but you hit that two days in a row. You posted one close over 70, 70, 36, but that's it. So sustain that breakout. Uh, need a couple more closes above 70. SQ. Talk LB. It's getting another upgrade. So this is almost back-to-back -back upgrades for uh, L brands showing some life. I was along this for a while. And the reason I finally just gave up on it, I gave up on it, I think two days ago was it just, it got an upgrade and then they faded it. And then it had like some retail had some love and it just couldn't seem to hold the gains. It's up here again this morning. Maybe eventually it's going to go like uh, the reason I was in, I thought maybe we could get a little short squeeze going in it. Because, you know, this is, you know, a stock that I don't know where the short interest is, but, you know, it's a stock that's been hated for a long time and they were buying some of the laggards. I was like, well, this is one of those laggards that they might buy even on the last earnings report, which wasn't great. They kind of bought it right back. So I'm like, OK, well, maybe Albrand starts to show some life here. I think there's still the possibility of that, but I just hated the action. Uh, two days ago when it got upgraded and they faded it. It's getting upgraded here today. I'm going to say it absolutely needs to hold these gains because they seem to be just selling every time this thing rallies. So we'll see if it can hold. If it can hold and start breaking out over 21, then it starts to get interesting. But it needs to hold the gains, especially when it's getting upgraded. This is the fourth upgrade of the month. I know. And it's really not went up much. That's why, in, in, you know, you're up a little bit from there. But the last upgrade didn't do anything. So, and when was that? Was it yesterday or the day before? It was the day before. So we, we had an yeah. upgrade. And that's when I gave up and threw in the towel. I was like, here's a stock in upgraded. And it's key bank upgraded two days ago. Yep. And this was uh, back on Tuesday. And I'm like, it can't even hold the gains. Um, and it went red on that day. I was like, this is just too much overhead supply for some reason. There's also the risk. You know, Al Brands, I don't know how well the business is doing, and I'm always worried about the risk of them, you know, saying something. You know, maybe some same sort of sales, or they come out. They with did. Isn't that what hit it uh, a couple days well, ago? Well, that was earnings. I uh, believe it was. It oh, was it just same store no, sales? No, no, no. It was not earnings. It was same store sales. 
Sam's store sales. And, well, it was it was holiday sales. Is what it was. Holiday yeah, sales. Yeah, so yeah. It was yep. holiday sales. Yep. And holiday sales weren't great. They were down three percent uh, year over year. And then they cut their the guidance. Earnings. That's what it was. So it was guidance. It, it was earnings guidance. They bought the daylights out of it. Uh, that they day, did. Right? Yep. You're still on this. Yep. Full disclosure, just so you don't think that Lisa has all winners in her portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> so she's got this one. Yeah. I was along with you. I bought yeah. that and then I turned around and I, I cut it when it started yeah. going down through 30, I think. I'll I stop like, it when women stop wearing undergarments. I don't even know if they still do that. Maybe they don't. <laughs> so anyway, so four, four upgrades this month. Barclays, KeyBank, Deutsche Bank, Bank America, all upgrading to buy or buy equivalents. And it really hasn't done much. No, I don't know. It just feels heavy. And you know, I want to buy, I want, I was long it. I was long this thing for like a week and a half and it caught an upgrade. It caught two upgrades. I think in the time I was long it and it really didn't go up much. So I ended up making a little bit of money, but I, the main reason I sold it was when stocks aren't going up on upgrades, it makes me concerned. It is up again here this morning. So I'm just going to say absolutely critical that it it holds these gains. It's up 4%. It's getting a nice lift here this morning. It needs to hold this. If they turn around and take this thing down again, there's just too much overhead supply. Gosh, it's up 84 cents on light volume here. That's why it's light volume so far. Yeah. Anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, Let's hold 2050 here. Uh, Last two days highs, 2050, 2057. So... 30 cents above that. I uh, haven't been at 21 in a while. What are the monthlies telling you? Monthlies are telling you it's not in there. But, I mean, you know, you look like you had some lows and, you know, around on the monthly, around 21, 21 and a half. Well, I tell you, some people are probably be looking at if it gets over 21, lighten up at 21 and a half. Who, who's giving this upgrade? Are they that, are they that influential? I know. It's a huge move for an upgrade here this yeah. morning. Whew. A down tape. Barclays. Yeah. Barclays? It didn't get that move from KeyBank. It no. got like 20 cents off the KeyBank upgrade. Now it's going to get 80 cents off the L brands. Man, I don't understand. It's hard to think logically about this market sometimes. Don't. I have no position in L brands. You obviously are long it. I'm kind of talking it down a little bit here. I just, it's a good put move though. So I want to be long this. I, I, was, I was long this. So I'm just saying again, it's critical that it holds these gains. All right, let's uh, move on here. Eight forty-six. Uh, Spoons are bouncing around, just around mid-range here. Thirty-three twelve. Don't have anything there for you, folks. Uh, Tuesday's globex low. That's when uh, the the you know, coronavirus uh, was at the height of concern. That was thirty-three oh seven and a quarter. That that's a weekly number here too. So until you get below thirty-three oh seven here. Uh, for the week, this is based on the week. It's really hard to, you know, refute the uptrend here. A uh, lot of congestion when you're that pre-market high, 2150. Uh, you had the close there on Tuesday. We roared out of there yesterday. Came all the way back down to it. So you got a couple daily lows and a couple closes there, uh, right around that pre-market high, 3321 and a quarter. Let's do, there's one more earnings out of that yep. and then we can just hop into the chats. Uh, okay. I, I want to do Comcast here just because it's a, a big company uh, and influential in, in their space. Uh, EPS beat 79 cents versus 76 cents. Uh, sales also beat 28.39 billion versus 28.17 billion. They're also raising their quarterly dividend from 21 cents a share to 23 cents a share. 
they've also got that possibility of the streaming service coming. So there's a little bit of underneath demand because of that. So even if Comcast is to sell off, I think there's underneath demand just because there's people who are speculating that the streaming service is going to help to pop the stock. I mean, we saw what it did for Disney after, you know, we had details and we got it all figured out. Disney was up substantially because of their streaming service. So that's the wild card here. So I actually don't mind this from a, from a long perspective, CMCSA and stocks right near the highs. So it's, Hard to argue, really. With yeah, the it opened too. up. Was it an upgrade? What 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 got this thing going the other day? It was it was trading what? Well, um, it might have been some details it, on it, the streaming service. Oh yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. Right, right, and uh, made a new all time high uh, on that day at forty seven seventy four. You stuck up there yesterday, forty seven seventy. And you peel back the close at 47.44. So multiple closes here at 40. This is called 47.40. Your support, if you are shorting this thing off the open, never been at 48 bucks. Uh, so here, you're 20 cents away. You stuck over 48 on the headline number. Got the 48.84. Holy macro, Dennis. I hope you should have gotten up early this morning. Only 3,600 shares are traded. Yeah, well, it's only a buck up. It's not, I mean, it's Comcast, Comcast is slow. And, yeah, it's a good move yeah. for Comcast. Yep. Um, so, no, nice move here. Uh, poised, uh, trading at all time highs here. Let's plow through, uh, plow through 48. And I can remember Goldman came out on this thing. I can't remember when it was. And they like, they came with a very bullish rating. And I'm like, wow, this is kind of high that, you know, come up, you know, from a technical perspective. But, uh, when was that? When did Gold Goldman made a nice move in this thing? That was a while back. My, was it Goldman? Huh. Maybe not. There was someone I remember. They put it on like their best idea list. You have to buy it right now at the market. I can't remember. I can't. No, maybe it was a Goldman. There's so much Probably. analyst commentary. Get it all lost and everywhere. All right. Hey, we've gone. Uh, we've gone 50 minutes, and we tried to mention Tesla to uh, to Mark, and uh, got a little bit out. Getting a downgrade today from a. Yeah, so here it is. When it gets an upgrade, it goes up 40 points. When it gets a downgrade, it goes down five. And then, it, and then, but by the end of the day, it ends up green half the time. I mean, it's not a very influential. So I guess we got to say that it's not like it's you know it did go down the Morgan Stanley downgrade that day. But yeah, give us the details here, Spencer. Uh, so there's a couple. Uh, okay. I, wait, are you referring to UBS? Is that what you're talking about? Exane. Uh, okay, so Exane. Yeah. Okay, Exane BNP Paribas downgraded Tesla to neutral. Uh, and announced a $5.55 price target. But this is more interesting to me is UBS, who okay. is uh, maintaining their sell rating, and yet they're raising their price target from 160 to 410 So they're still saying, hey, we're bearish, but we are- <laughs> We were way wrong. We better we make our price target look better. wrong on our price target. <laughs> what a raise of the price target there. So what you know, somewhat- Throwing in the towel, you know, we were yeah. bearish this thing before. We're telling you to sell at two fifty. Now we're still gonna tie to sell at five sixty nine, but you know, we're raising up. We only think it's going to four ten. So holy mackerel, talk about bad calls. Sorry, you uh, sorry, uh UBS, but wow, that's a bad call. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's tough to trade this one, it's tough to be an analyst in this one too. Oh, it's hard. I don't they have a hard them. job, but don't wow. envy them. Uh, let's look. What do we got here? We're trading down real quiet here. Ooh, look at this. This is eerily quiet here for you Tesla traders. Uh, you did have the move down, but you basically have been, well, it's a bigger range because it's a bigger stock. But I'm looking at this like, let's call 558 has been the 
you know, just someone's been sticking that defending this stock at 558. And then kind of the top of the range is kind of where we're at right now. Uh, 664, 665. I guess uh, if you're worried about Tesla on the down. Oh, and also yesterday's low at uh, five. Is that 559.10? Yeah, 559.10. So a lot of confluence there. 558, 559. Rally still going in Tesla until you take out that level. Uh, there was a question in the chat if there was news on PACYC uh, Paycom. There is news. Yeah. That's yesterday after the close. They are joining. They will join the S&P 500. I think immediately. So I think it's already been added. Like that's a really quick add because uh, they were they were coming in for the WCG uh, as closing. I believe that's going in today. If I read that right, maybe I'm going bad for my memory, but that's a really quick ad. Didn't look at the release, just saw the just saw the headline. PAYC to join January, yeah, January 22nd. Actually, oh. it's already joined. Okay. That's incredible. So they announced it and straight no, up. No, wait, wait, wait. No, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. It's 28th. So it isn't. It's not going to the 28th. Ha, huh, this is interesting cuz you had that pop right to 319.99. And then boom, and now you're just hanging out here. So above 320, uh, nothing up there. Let's see if you could get up that pre-market high. What These index doing? changes move the price. They yeah. move them better than upgrades or downgrades. They really move them. Yep. Uh, you know, we saw a couple yesterday, you know, and obviously smaller ones, but SKT was getting out, I believe, at six, and it got a big pop. And there was also, uh, I was even trading, I can't remember what one, CIT maybe? CIT got a pretty decent pop too. 15 points seems a little bit a little bit overdone, but I've seen these index you know stocks and when they get added really move. So it's not totally surprising, but that's a big pop. And they throw someone out? Was it because of a merger or? Yeah, WCG as CNC is going to close, okay. so WCG is coming out. All right, so that's uh that's interesting there. So did we um. Did we cover all of our earnings and analyst ratings here? Well, there are more earnings, but I, you know, there's AAL who we didn't touch on. Uh, I, co I cover the ones I want to hit. All right, we can do AAL. Uh, I didn't. You know, yeah, it's interesting because the airlines have uh, been getting hit with yeah. the virus overseas, obviously. So um, don't, maybe the, the airlines that fly over to China more maybe getting hit more. I know Delta got hit pretty hard on this, and maybe it's because they have more exposure there. Uh, but, you know, we, we obviously saw a lot of the airlines get hit on this. So you get a little lift. I mean, we talked about United Airlines already really getting hit on it. And do I want to come in and buy an airline here right now? Not really, no. So I don't know if this is a case of bad quarter or just bad estimates, but the EPS missed, the sales missed, and their uh, fiscal year EPS guidance was, uh, I guess you could say it was in line. So uh, a miss and a miss for the uh, – Maybe lower expectations. Maybe. So, you know, maybe that helps a bit. So it is trading higher here. I will say fiscal year 20 adjusted earnings are seeing four to six bucks. So it's a wide, you know, they put the post really up far because the annual assessments is five ten. So they went right in the middle, four to six. Um, they are also saying that American Airlines CEO, just read this from the pro, says the company's capacity growth in 2020 will be lower. Um, I'm trying to read part of the headlines cut off there um, until the max returns. Lower than five percent until the max returns. So they're, you know, blaming the max to a certain extent here as well. It's getting a little left. I, I hard to get excited about an airline stock right now, though, especially when we don't know what's happening with the disease over there with the sickness. 
China. Uh, we discussed this on the pre pre market show. Uh, downtrend, two for one stock split here since uh, 2018. Uh, 28, you did, I mean, you talk about confluence here. Your previous two days high, 27.99, 27.91. Where does the pop take you to on the headline number? 27.99. So 28, man, clear out 28. I think you got some room to the upside here. Uh, in American Airlines, trading up 36 cents. Uh, nice, nice move here. Prove to me you can get through 28. All right, we got a uh, a phone call. Someone left us a, left us a voicemail okay. earlier in the hour. I want to read their question, and it's a question that we've addressed on our show, but it's always good to to uh, address it again. And they they want to know what uh, your favorite uh, indicators are and your favorite t- uh, types of charts to look at. So time frame. Uh, the time frame on your charts and what indicators uh, I can probably answer this, but I, I for you, but I won't. I, I want you guys to answer it. But what what are your favorite indicators, uh, if any, and, and what what time settings do you look at on your charts? Best indicator is price because it's going to tell you whether you're up or down money. Uh, the for me, I like the uh, simple technical analysis, uh, daily highs and lows, double tops, triple tops things of that nature. I use uh, retracements, 50% retracements over different terms, but drill down with the dailies. And then uh, once you clear out of the daily ranges, I go to weekly and and monthly. So that's pretty much for me. I'm not a big so, so 0.382 at 0.618. Right. So, but, so just to go into that. So a one-year daily, a three-year weekly, you also look at the five-day, 15-minute chart i do i do i look at that i try not to go any any shorter time frame than uh than 15 minutes yeah uh you can get a, a lot of noise and a lot of times you uh on a bracket you could say hey i'm gonna take a position here and you say hey wait till the end of that bracket closes and see which, where the price is but uh uh primary dailies dailies weeklies weeklies lead to monthlies what about you triple d just in and I could write my I could teach you my whole technical analysis repertoire here in the next three minutes before this show ends. I have support, resistance, trends, and I use the fifty percent. That's pretty much all I do. So, you know, we're looking at double bottom stuff, but that's at support. So, you know, like on American Airlines, twenty seven stands out like a sore thumb. Starts getting under twenty seven, it starts to get interesting from a short perspective. But are you drawing you're not drawing on your chart, you're just no. eyeball. You're eyeball. I just eyeball it. He was yeah, horrible yeah. in art. Why would he yeah, I'm terrible in art. Remember, I failed art, so I can't even draw. Uh, I draw the line crooked, and I'd make the bad trade because yeah. of that. And I, so and yeah, I, support, resistance, trends. I guess I taught you in like 20 seconds. Support, resistance, trends. 50% oh, no, no MACD or RSI. None of that. Or, None know. of that. Zero. Moving average. I use zero moving whatever, averages. People say I'm nuts for not using moving average. I've been profitable every year of my 20-year trading career. So it's whatever works working for you. For me. That's yeah. it. Whatever. If moving averages work for you, by all means, continue to do them. I've never seen a lot of use in them. I think it's a lagging indicator. Uh, it also, By the time the moving average starts to cross and starts to do, it's already in a downtrend. I've already probably been trading because the, the trend has turned. So, you know, I think it's just a lagging indicator doesn't help me much. I mean, you hear these golden crosses. You hear so many fun technical indicators. I don't use any of that stuff. And, and Joel, and you've been a technical analyst for a long time. You keep your technical analysis very yeah, simple as well. Yep. yep. Uh, also, just one last thing, too, because I know we have different – uh, time frames of traders, the investors here, hedge fund managers, um, the closing price too. I mean, I look at the double tops and the double bottoms and things like that. But uh, you know, multiple you know closes at the same air at the same area because that's what the big boys are marked on 
on their position. So, you know, that's another thing, you know, multiple closes in the same area that shows where the bulls and the bears are, are squaring off. So that's pretty much what we like to look at. And what do we got here? We we're at uh, nine One minute left here. Again, we're starting to leak more. China's not helping here. Um, Wind resorts is now down six points. So you're seeing, you know, this trade Las Vegas sands down another 4% here this morning. China's the story of the day. It's going to continue to be the story until they obviously get this contained or if it continues to spread, it's not going to be a good story here either. But that is what, you know, is moving the markets here this morning. I, your comment about the uh, the slot machines that are never cleaned and people playing that. I never never really looked at it that, from that perspective. Wow. Well, <laughs> the last thing I want to do is go <laughs> over to Macau <laughs> and start touching a slot machine right now. I think the takeaway from today's show is bring uh, – <laughs> bring Purell with you or bring like sanitary clean wipes. your slot machine wipe down your slot machines before you maybe they clean them I don't know but I, I don't think they clean them in between I've never seen in the casino where oh this customer is up we got to go clean the slot machine in between customers I, I think those things probably don't get clean as much as they should and now I'm just, whenever I play craps I'm always going to ask for new dice no yes. matter what I'm going to see <laughs> think about the dice <laughs> think about the dice you think about all the coals and all the sicknesses oh, and everyone's they're, they're blowing on, on it everyone's blowing, blowing on the oh, dice oh yeah they're like blowing oh. on the dice holy mackerel maybe I'm done with crap. I'll be at the crab table with uh, plastic gloves on you think they'll now they yeah. probably won't allow that because they think you gotta you know a I'll tell you uh, I, I'm not going to any casinos anytime soon over in China. All right. Uh, well, if you want to call us and tell us your thoughts on casinos in China, you can do that at 734-494-0246. Leave us a voicemail. We will ask your question on the show. You can always participate in our chat on YouTube uh, and premarket.benzinga.com. Our show is always available on YouTube and via podcast form, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, Tune in. Please remember all the information from our show meant to be used as informational purposes only, not for investing or trading advice. Everyone have a great rest of your day. We'll be back with you for a Friday for a final show of the week. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.